2: On
3: allhabs.net with your host, Chris G. All right, it's episode 171 of the Hab 360 podcast for this Saturday, March 12th, 2016. My name is Chris G at Chris G1980 on Twitter. And joining me, my co host, editor in chief, and owner of the All Habs network of sites, Rick, how are you doing?
4: Boy, no. no, no.
3: uh we could barely hear you Rick so we're going to have to uh, have you call uh, call back in. Uh it's a busy episode of uh, Habs 360 today joining us in about uh 15 minutes time will be editor sorry will be TSN Montreal bureau reporter John Liu from TSN and he's going to talk Montreal Canadiens with us. Lots going on in that world. Like always, for the next 60 minutes. Canadians, they, they won two out of their last three games. A 4-2 four, a loss against the Jets. A 4-3 win over the Dallas Stars in overtime. And a 3-2 win over the Buffalo Sabres on Thursday. And when it looks at... The uh, Canadians' playoff hopes, it's not looking good. They actually have a better chance of uh, getting the first-round draft pick overall. So they have a a 3.5% chance of winning the first uh, pick in the lottery. And when it comes to their playoff hopes, the Canadians have it's less than a 2% chance of doing that. You can join us via Twitter, at Habs360. Let us know. A lot of today's show... Well, we'll be related to the Canadians' hottest player, Alex Galchenyuk. You can also uh, reach us on uh, the allhabs.net Facebook page. I will be reading your comments uh, later on today's uh, episodes.
1: And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on Habs360.
3: Busy show. We're going to get started right away, Rick. With our winners and losers, let's uh, start with
4: our nominees for winners. Absolutely. And um, as you said, it's a busy show, so we're going to uh, breeze through some of these. Um, you can hear me fine, I'm hoping. 100% clear. Perfect. All right. Um, I, I, I think I just want to make mention of uh, a couple of the ice caps. Um, we, we're seeing a lot of them these days uh, with the Canadians. Um Darren Dietz, uh, Charles Houdon, Uh they both got called up and, and will likely see some action. Uh, Dietz has been uh, probably the second-best uh, defenseman in, in um, St. John's this year behind Morgan Ellis. Uh, Charles Houdon got off to a great start. He's been a bit cold lately, but um, uh, well, this will be his second call-up this season. Um, not called up was Nikita Sherback. He's been on fire a bit uh, after coming back from injuries um but i i suspect they're they're trying to get him to, to uh, be comfortable with his game and uh we 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 may not see him uh, the rest of the season um, but but moving on um to our other nominees for winners i i've, I've got to mention uh, andre markov he gets a lot of criticism too slow um you know he's he's over the hill but he's you know there's there's one guy who's on fire in Montreal but uh Andre is pretty close uh behind um 10 points in 10 games 13 points in 13 games going back to February 12th he's been just absolutely tremendous and we saw this week that um overtime assist uh that he got against Dallas no one no one on the canadians is able to do that to set up Galchenyuk for the one timer the way Andre Markov did. And Rick,
3: uh, over uh, the weekend, he became, the last weekend, 10th all-time for the Canadians with games played. He's up to 914 right now. He's past uh, Guy, Guy Carboneau. And like you said, in the beginning of the season, mid-season, he, he seemed to go through like a stretch where he was his level of play was going down. But now he's definitely on his way up, and um, he's looking great.
4: Absolutely, the, the, the Canadian's best defenseman in the last ten games or so. Ab- you know, absolutely. Um, I, I think we're going to be talking about the the, the show's theme is uh, not to not to break anybody's thunder here, but but or steal anyone's thunder. But uh, Alex Galchenyuk. Um, but we're going to add to the nominee list one of his line mates at least for the last couple of games, and that's Senna Andregotto, one of those ice caps that uh, call ups that we um had referred to earlier um he's quietly very quietly he's fit in nicely very nicely on the third line he's got his uh three assists the last two games um and including the one um you know on his belly behind his back pass uh that was that was beautiful he's he's a really nice combination of skill and and yet some grit he goes into the tough areas. Um, that line overall has has put together 15 points in the last three games. Um, a lot of pressure to fill uh, Gallagher's shoes, and yet um, I think—and it hasn't been mentioned much—I think Sven Andrgeth has has been has been great on that line. I agree, and I know Rick,
3: the Canadians, one of their needs is uh, some top six scoring. Let's—if we look ahead. Maybe till October next year. I know a lot of things could change from here to then. Do you see Zven Andregato having a, uh, a potential of being a top six next season?
5: Uh, personally,
3: I'll be, uh, I guess, a Debbie Downer about it and say he, I don't think he's ready to be a regular top six forward. But right now, he's definitely doing the job.
4: Yeah, absolutely, and and uh, I, I don't think he he's necessarily the guy you want to see on the top line. Could I see him on the on the second line? He's certainly got the the skill to fit in there. And even when Galchenyuk, Eller and Andrew Ghetto were playing together, they had some really good chemistry. They they play a similar sort of game. Um and uh, you know, Andrew Ghetto is yeah, I think he's a, a bit of an underrated prospect. Um um and, uh, you know, lots of excitement about McCarran, lots of excitement about Sherback, uh, as there should be. Uh, but Andrew Ghetto could be the one that perhaps is the most productive out of that, that group. And who, who's our next nominee, Rick? Well, I think that leaves us with the the top position, and there's no doubt. I mean, there's there's no one even close the last week to Alex Galchenyuk. Um, and even, you know, going back over the last few weeks, um, he's now up to 25 goals on the season. He's been on a torrid pace, 11 goals in his last eight games. Um, the fifth time in the last eight that he's had two goals, that's uh, equals – uh Jean Beliveau's record um that that stood for some fifty seven years um it, alex Galchenik has been has been remarkable um and you know uh, you know many are tying it to uh his move to the center ice position but i think it occurred prior to that um i think and and not that that uh, um um you know you never want to see anyone go down with an injury but david DeHarnay's injury kind of triggered this whole thing um galchenyuk got the ice time uh both um even strength ice time and power play time that he wasn't getting otherwise um and i think more more so it just helped with the confidence his confidence knowing that he was he needed to be the, he was the guy that that uh, the team was relying on. Um, it wasn't going to be, um, David D'Arnais in those crucial positions, uh, crucial times of the game. It was going to be Alex Galchenyuk. And I think he likes that. I think he likes the pressure. I, I, uh, from his, his quotes, he, he likes having that load. Um, and, uh, he's, he's just embraced it. And, uh, uh, and and has has found a way i don't think the you know there was necessarily natural chemistry with with um Pacioretty right away but but they found a way to work together and Galchenyuk, uh for all of his goal scoring prowess he's a he's in in junior he was a tremendous playmaker um and so he can set up uh Pacioretty as well so having Two guys who are a threat to score at least on that line uh, makes it a little bit tougher to defend, um, and and they have just been feasting on the opposition.
3: It's uh, so now he's up to twenty five goals, which is a career high for him. His previous record was uh, was twenty. It's a, he has seven multiple goal games, and that for this season ties him at first place. With uh, with Johnny Godro, you mentioned a couple of the uh, exploits. He's he's in the process of being the first player to do all sorts of um, of plateaus with his multiple um, goal games. So and and also uh, before I continue on Galchenia, Galchenia like we mentioned will be a big theme on uh, today's show. So let us know your comments via Twitter at Habs360 and also through as uh, the allhabs dot net uh, Facebook. Uh, Facebook page, so a well-deserved uh, winner for Alex Galchenyuk.
4: Yeah, I don't think we've had such a clear-cut winner uh, all year as as Galchenyuk was this week. Yeah, for sure. Um, which brings us, we've had lots to choose from in, in the loser category this this, this year, um, but it brings us to that side of the, the coin. Um, again, uh, just mention a couple of of them, and um, uh, as as we've mentioned before, this is kind of a collaborative process. Um, I might announce them, but it's uh, Chris has certainly um, has con- contributed to the list, and and a couple that he uh, saw as having rough weeks was uh, Ben Scrivens. Uh, Ben's been, um, you know, I think it's fair to say Ben's been Dustin Tokarski 2.0. Um, he's Dustin Tekarski but a little bit taller. Um <laughs> and um he's yeah, um he's his tough with positioning, tough with rebounds, um tough getting side to side. Um I it's it's you know, when you see what James Reimer's done um uh since his trade, um I, I know um, Bergevin said um, said you know he didn't want to pay the prices that that would have required um, to shore up the goaltending, but certainly uh, acquiring Ben Scrivens was not one of his stellar moves this season. I think that was an excellent decision for
3: putting Scrivens in there in your list.
4: <laughs> yes, as it was, as it was yours. <laughs> uh, another another one of your nominations um, is was Victor Bartley, and and I have to agree. Victor Bartley's been a, a train wreck. I think uh, the only uh, reason he's getting the the time he's getting is to try and somehow justify the controversial uh, tenority trade. Him coming back, um, I I I see any number of of Canadians prospects being able to do what uh, Bartley does. Um, you know, I had said when he was with the ice caps, his, his most notable, noticeable uh, characteristic is during the warm-up. He does this uh, thing where he skates in and out uh, side to side um, during the warm-up, and, and that's the time you notice him most on the, the ice unless it's, it's in a bad way. Skates well. Um, there's a reason, though that he's been a, a journeyman all these years, and, uh, and he's, he's he's not been good for the Canadians. He's a administrative free agent at the end of the year.
3: Don't expect him to be back next year. No.
4: Nope. Um, I know we've had a, a Michelle Terry in free zone for the free show for the last uh, several shows. i going to have to toss him in quickly as a nomination if only for his comments about um which many inferred as um taking credit for Galchenyuk's uh success uh and maybe uh, maybe you have uh maybe you had that for us to
5: he is really he, he's really responsible uh um with the puck obviously and the um he's taking care he's taking about He's taking up his opportunities he's got right now. A a lot of credits goes to him regarding uh, the way uh, um, he developed. He's not the same player that he was, like like I said, maybe three months ago. Uh, We start the year with the intention to give him um, playing on the top two line as a centerman. Um, we didn't get the result like um, we were looking for. Even at time, we put them at with patch already, and uh, it was not a matter of point or goal or assist. It was, they didn't get any scoring chance when they played together for, like, three games. none one scoring chances. Uh
3: This was a comment before, uh, from yesterday, but there was also another comment following the game against the Dallas Stars, which I think is the one you are mostly referring to.
4: Yeah, that's right. Um, and uh, in which he he kind of mapped out um, you know the, the the progress and said you know they they took the right approach with with Galchenyuk because uh, it's obviously paying off and and you know tossing him on different lines, putting him back and forth between center and wing, making him answer questions after each uh, game when you're going to be playing center. I, it was hard for people to take um that um that this was the correct approach and that 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 the approach had led to success uh just just a comment on his uh, uh you know that clip you you played uh it it actually wasn't three games it was two games um that uh Pacioretty and Galchenik were together and they were against uh Pavel Batsik and Bergeron. um pretty 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 good defensive forward, so hardly um, a fair assessment, I, in, in my opinion, anyway. And, and they pulled the plug on that a little too early, um, I would, I would say. Uh, so the only like caveat
3: that I'll throw uh, that I'll throw in there is Galchenyuk d- did get an opportunity to play center at the beginning of the season. He played the first 44 games. He played them at center. Uh, he wasn't. I agree. He wasn't getting the ice time that he's getting now. He was getting an average about 15 minutes compared to the, uh, I would say, uh, 17 and a half minutes that he's average has been getting lately. In those 44 games, he got 27 points. He was uh, minus five. So I agree the coach has a part of it uh, in that as well. But uh, Geltchynak, if you compare him the way he's been playing the last eight games, right now he's the hottest player in the league. So let's see uh how consistent he could uh, he could uh, keep that
4: yeah absolutely um as far as the loser of the week i'm just going to present this and and maybe we can get into it uh, a little bit more after uh the john lu segment um but i think um the whole jared tenority uh, mark Bergevin, them as a as a, as a duo here for loser of the week um You know, we we know that Jared Tenori was suspended for 20 games um, for violating the uh, uh, performance-enhancing substances program. Um, Why Bergevin is in there is because there seemed to be some suggestion that the Canadians knew about it and is Bergevin's credibility as a GM shot. Um, So, you know, the the whole story is just... um, the controversial trade, the comments Bergevin made, all of it is really shady and difficult. And and um, I I I think for that reason Bergevin gets gets uh, uh, Bergevin and Tenorti. Tenorti admitted that he he may have taken the substance accidentally, but that it it was his responsibility. Uh, but those two are our losers of the week. And uh, as I said, maybe we'll get back into this a little bit because there's. There's a lot to discuss, uh, maybe in our third segment.
3: Yeah, definitely for sure there's a lot to discuss. We'll uh, ask TSN's John Liu about the driver to situation, and we'll also talk to him about uh, Alex Galchenyuk, who is the, the theme of today's episode. You can let us know your thoughts via Twitter at Habs360, and you can also leave your comments on our Facebook page. Sorry, on the allhabs.net <laughs> Facebook page. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side, John Liu from TSN joins us. Stay with us. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on net.
1: If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity.
3: If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on lawhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you.
1: We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas, sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal... Passionate and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today.
2: This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net.
3: All right, welcome back to episode 171 of the Habs 360 podcast. My name is Chris G at Chris G1980, along with uh, Rick Stevens, editor-in-chief of allhabs.net. And joining us now on the line to talk Montreal Canadiens. Like we mentioned in the first segment, there's a lot going around when it comes to the bleu, blanc, rouge, like there is every week. He is TSN Montreal Bureau's reporter. It's uh, John Du. How are you doing, John?
0: Great, thanks, Chris. Thanks for having
3: fun. No problem, it's our pleasure. So the biggest news, the hottest player, I I could easily say the hottest player in the league right now is Alex Galchenyuk for the Montreal Canadiens. And John, over the last couple of days, Michel Terrier has mentioned uh, a couple of times that he thinks that Alex Galchenyuk today is a different player than what he was
0: uh, three months ago. Do you agree with that assessment? Oh well, well, absolutely. Simply because he's in his natural position, and he's getting a heck of a lot more ice time than 12, 13 minutes a game, and he's playing with the best winger on the team. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's it's, it's self evidence And uh, uh, what Michelle Tarion was saying yesterday is that Alex Galchenyuk deserves a lot of credit for developing the way he has, and he's absolutely right because this is all Alex Galchenyuk. This is not really. Uh, to a large degree of the coaching staff that's doing this. This is Galchenyuk finally getting an opportunity, although uh, on the other hand, Terry, I said that, uh, that he, he's been saying that Galchenyuk is more ready for, has been more ready for this opportunity. And by that, he means that uh, he felt that he's, he's more mature, that he's making better decisions in the offensive zone, that he's more responsible defensively. And, uh, whether you choose to view that with uh, the, through the prism of what the coach is, is saying or what you have been observing, what the stats bear out, that Galchenyuk had been producing points for 60 minutes at a better clip uh, at center as opposed to wing, well, that's uh, subject to one's perspective. I know there's a large camp that is uh, uh, certainly not supportive of what Terian is selling. Uh, that's anecdotally, just from watching Galchenyuk, uh, Play once he's gotten the opportunities and, and higher caliber wingers. Uh, it's really sort of the chicken and the egg. But there's a large segment of people who do believe in the media and in the fan base that had David Arnei not broken his foot, that Galchenyuk would not have re- uh, received this opportunity. And uh, I think that we have to sort of give uh, Terry Ann, um sort of a raspberry on 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 on, on that front simply because. Stu Cowan of the Montreal Gazette, when he asked the question yesterday, which basically uh, was in that vein, uh, you know, would Galchenyuk have been getting this opportunity had it not been due to injury, uh, Tarion didn't answer that question. He didn't answer that part of the (laughs) question. Um, And uh, so I think that uh, the perception is that Galchenyuk would not have. And I think that we would tend to probably agree with that simply because don't know the number of games that that stretch uh, had existed prior to D'Arnais injuring his foot uh, and Galchenyuk being taken off of center around mid-January. But uh, basically, D'Arnais logging first-line center minutes and first power play unit minutes was producing pretty much nothing. And uh, uh, there was no indication from Terrian that he was going to finish that experiment and put Alex Galchenyuk back at center because any he was asked about Galchenyuk at wing versus center, there seemed to be no commitment to moving him back to the middle. So necessity being the mother of invention has allowed Galchenyuk to flourish. And, uh, you know, Terry at least gave Galchenyuk credit yesterday for the development uh, that we're seeing, of you know, basically a a potential superstar in full flights in the making over the last dozen games.
3: From the original timeline that we got from the Canadians for David Darnay, it was three weeks and that was on February 19th, so that means if that timeline respected, he's coming back sooner or or later. Uh, how do you see him getting uh, integrated back into the lineup? Do you see him going back with Pachareti, or do you see him having maybe a, as a lesser role as he did in the beginning of the year, like in the third-line capacity, or maybe even lower?
0: Yeah, well, I, I as the lineup is presently composed, uh, I, I don't see how David Darnay can go back into the middle. Simply because it would be madness to take Alex Galchenyuk out of that first-line center position. Uh, Lars Eller, when he's healthy, certainly should be third-line center. Uh, Thomas Plakanitz is a a mainstay in the middle. And then you have a logjam after that, because Philippe D'Ano, they they, they acquired principally to play center. And uh, when you watch him, he's very smart, quick, makes good decisions, good hockey IQ. I don't see how you could take him out of the middle position as well. But then that leaves Torrey Mitchell, who's been playing on the wing, Mike McCarran, that they want to give a look at center. And uh, whether he's fourth line or third line, there's a the log jam now. So, in fact, the Canadians are, I believe, 5-3-2 and two in their last 10 games, 7-0-1 oh, in their last home, eight home games. They're having a little bit of a run. They're keeping their slim playoff hopes alive. And so really, where does David D'Arnais fit back into the lineup? And I just don't see it being practical, putting him into a center position, which would mean wing. But there again, it's, well, I mean, he's, you got patch ready. You have uh, potentially Andrew Ghetto going back to the left side, although I think he'd probably stay on the right side. Eller, if they want to put him on the left wing with the Um They like De La Rose defensively in a third or fourth line capacity, and uh so where do you put David D'Arnais, fourth line, left wing? Um, don't know if that's really a productive spot for him. And so when you you sort of do the math and look at, okay, three weeks from February 19th, well, we're pretty much at that point, and he hasn't resumed practicing with the team. So whether he's been skating on his own, whether he's uh, going to be getting back into scrimmages with the team next week, unknown at this point. There hasn't been any uh, tangible update from Michel Terrier on that front. But I think that they're probably behind closed doors in a bit of a quandary as well. It's like, where do you put him back in the lineup once he is healthy?
4: Hey, John, it's Rick Stevens. Uh, good to talk to you again. Hey,
0: Rick. Likewise, Rick. Uh,
4: uh, this week, um, we heard, uh, as we talked about in the last segment, we heard uh, that the Arizona Coyotes had um, uh, sus- announced a suspension for Jared Tenorti uh, for violating the terms of the performance enhanced Enhancing Substances Program. Um, this this story has a lot of layers to it, and that's partly because of the controversial trade that was made in John Scott and that whole um, circus, as it was. What 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 kind of caught my eye was uh, an interview um, with Dave Tippett, um, mm-hmm. and it was reported by the Province. And um, Dave Tippett said that that the Coyotes knew. Um, in fact, the quote is: "Nobody in our organization knew anything about it." But it was an ongoing situation before we acquired the player, um, seeming to suggest that the Canadians had some knowledge. And the report goes on to to say, in quotes, Tippett seemed uh, missed at the Canadians about it. Um, you know, we add we add into that Bergevin kind of alluding that there was reasons that he could not share at the time of the trade that um, you know uh, were be, were. Ha- were the reasons he had to make the trade? So, if the Canadians knew something before they traded, does is this start to affect Bergevin's credibility around the league going forward?
0: Well, um, that's really that, that's a real uh, very touchy subject, Rick, and uh, I think it's dangerous to talk speculatively in that regard. But I will make reference to a quote that I also read from, I, I believe it was Dave Tippett, or it might have been. Uh, uh, uh gm uh, dan maloney that said that the test that neither team was aware of the test when it was administered in december that it's secretive that the results are very hush-hush and that they were not aware of immediately aware of the results now when we track the timeline as to when the trade took place that the test took place in december then there is a little bit of a window in between those times. It's like, well, when did the results come out, and when were the Canadians made aware of it? If the Canadians were not made aware of it until just now, well, then the inference is that they were unaware of what was happening with respect to the test. But if Dave Tippett is inferring that the Canadians did have prior knowledge, well, the only person who can really clear this up is Mark Bergemane. But uh, I mean, as far as it well, did he or could he have done something that was not entirely ethical? Uh, that's really dangerous territory to tread into. I don't really want to go there because that that would be tantamount to making false accusations. But I think that any team—forget about whether it's Mark it was any team in this league or really in any sport, if there was pre-existing knowledge uh, of that nature, uh, yeah, that's that would be. Uh, Speaking in a vacuum, that would be an unethical tactic, absolutely. Uh, but whether that has been the case here, or not certainly. It, it, it's not really responsible of me for me to say or, or, or speculate whether or not that has that that has been the case in this instance. Um, it, 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 when, when we go back and, and reference Mark Verschave's comments from the press conference uh, uh, in which he he made that very cryptic comments. Uh, rationalizing the trade of Jared Snorty to Phoenix. I think that's on the surface, they would probably still have to believe that that was, that was uh, alluding to the John Scott situation uh, in relation to the all-star game and how the NHL seemed to not want him there and how the Phoenix Coyotes were perhaps uh, under pressure to, to, to alleviate the situation. But uh yeah that certainly uh, I don't know if we'll ever get the whole story with Jared Tenorti simply because of how how confidential these result, uh, these results of, of PET testing tend to be uh, because it certainly hasn't leaked out as to exactly what the substance was, but uh, yeah that's, that all this is doing is is simply going to fuel more conspiracy theories, but we all know that Mark Vergevin does not speak uh with a great deal of frequency, and even if he is asked that question. Uh, or when he's asked that question, because I'm sure that he will be asked it at some point when he does speak to the Montreal media. Uh, then there's, I would imagine, and I think we all imagine that uh, there would be a denial of any pre-existing knowledge of a failed drug test prior to the trade taking place.
4: You're, you're right, and and you know I certainly don't want to speculate, and I understand uh, your position there. Um, but but turning it around, if 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 we're even talking about this uh, it has to be it it's something that that um, we're not originating here we didn't think of this it's it's got to be on the minds of other people in the league and you would think that mark burgervan would want to come out and clear it up um mm-hmm. so that there is no question there is no cloud there is no there is no question whatsoever that that The Canadians, he and the Canadians, proceeded, you know, operated um, uh, ethically throughout this whole process.
0: Well, um, yeah, but I mean, you can take that from two ways as well. That there could be indictment by silence, or uh, that even if he does say something, as we as we just mentioned, uh, he's not going to uh, potentially uh, admit to there being anything untoward or unethical with respect to how the transaction took place or what initiated it, right? So, um, again, this is uh, the the mechanics of what happened and how the trade took place may never be known, honestly. And this is something, again, it's going to fuel conspiracy theories. And I think within the context of how the Canadian season has unfolded, this has become a bigger story than had the ship been smooth sailing throughout the entire course of the season so uh yeah again any we we could we could talk in circles about this to be honestly, to be honest, but um yeah it it doesn't really move it any farther ahead simply because all we're left with is speculation you know? uh inferences and uh very few facts, simply because you have the coyotes, the Canadians, and the n h l and the n h l p a involved with uh, uh with Jared Tenorti, and the test of itself, the te- excuse me, the test result itself. So, yeah, well, hopefully uh, that we do get the opportunity to talk to Mark Bergman and see, you know, exactly how he addresses this and and what his what his exact take on this will be. But really, honestly, but do you believe that we ever will get the truth? Because I honestly don't think we will.
3: Yeah, I, I don't think uh, we'll get the answer either. Uh, if we look, John, uh, to the Canadians' lineup. You helped us out with some research on your timeline uh, this morning when you tweeted out that the Canadians, compared to their day-one lineup, there's only four forwards, two defensemen, and one goalie that are playing in the lineup tonight due to injuries, trades, etc. It's uh, giving the opportunity to a lot of youngsters to play. Uh, I'll throw in Zven Andriguero in there. Uh, Charles Ludon, who we're going to see tonight. Uh, McCarron. Uh, Lucas Leischel, who was acquired via trade. Dano, who was acquired via trade. Uh, we're going to see Aaron Dietz on defense as well. Uh, which one of these players that we've seen play so far has impressed you the most?
0: Well, I, I think Mike McCarron. Um, because we had been getting good reports and, and seeing good performance and results from him out of uh, St. John's for the entire season. And... Um, uh I don't think that we expected to see him put up points when he came up to the big club, simply because the role that they want him to fill is bottom six, be defensively responsible, win face-offs, uh, be physical, and be a presence. And he's given that. Uh, that you don't see the young man making mistakes. Uh, he's uh, he's proved a high, uh, high capacity for learning as he goes. And uh, I think what also drives the curiosity behind Mike McCarron is that because he was a first round pick and because he was drafted as a winger and was converted to center, that's a lot of change and there's potential and there's um, unanswered questions. But I think that he's done a very good job of fulfilling the role that that was asked of him, uh, being put in the position that he's been given. And I think that once he gets more comfort, then we'll see a little bit of an offensive acumen starting to show. Because even in preseason games and seasons past, He's shown a pretty good uh, ability to uh to to make plays and make it make depth passes uh low in the offensive zone. Like he ha- he made a beauty last game against the Sabres. He was almost behind the net and it was like uh a blind redirect backhand pass between his legs to uh one of his wingers in the slot. I believe it was Tory Mitchell because it was on the uh the left side of the goalies uh nets and so uh Mitchell on his strong side. Had uh, had a fantastic scoring chance, and uh, it didn't. He didn't convert it, but uh, that was right below where I sit in the press box, and I watched it. it's like, well, that was a very uh, nifty little play by McCarran So I think that once he gets more uh, comfortable with what he's doing, then the offense will follow. But certainly, you can't. Uh, you really can't uh, poke too many holes in, in what he's been doing and what he's been asked to do so far.
3: All right, thank you very much, John, for your time. We really do appreciate it, and we'll be watching thanks, you on the, on the TSN. Uh, yeah, my pleasure, Rick. Chris, thanks for having me on. We'll talk again. Yeah, perfect. Thank you very much, John. Okay, take care. Take care. So that was uh, TSN's uh, John Liu, who joined us here on the Habs 360 podcast. We're going to take a break. On the other side, we're going to tackle the Jared Nordy. Uh, situation. We'll get our thoughts, etc. So stay with us and we're also going to look at your tweets at Habs360 and we'll be going to the allhabs.net Facebook page to get your comments on Alex Kelchenyuk and everything that's been discussed Montreal Canadiens. Stay with us this is the Habs360 podcast featuring allhabs.net.
1: For the most trusted source of news, analysis and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates and their prospects. Log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net don't live close to Montreal? Ever feel like you're the only Habs fan in town? Chances are good that there are plenty of fellow fans just around the corner, and HabsTweetUp.com will help you find them. If you're interested in hosting a hockey party in your city, visit HabsTweetUp.com for more details. You'll be connected to other Habs fans near you in no time.
2: This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net.
3: All right, welcome back to episode 171 of the Habs 360 podcast. My name is Chris G. at Chris G. 1980, along with Rick Stevens for this Saturday, March 12th, 2016. And thank you uh, once again to John Lou from TSN who joined us. If you missed... Uh, part of the interview or all of it, you can search Habs360 on iTunes or on allhabs.net and you'll be able to listen to uh, the entire um, conversation. So like we mentioned, our big topic of the day, it was all over on our social media, different platforms. And it was a major discussion in our first segment. He was named our winner of the week, is Alex Galchenyuk, who's been great. He's been on fire you could even say he's been unstoppable, and joining us on the line now on the half 360 hotline is Jean, and he wants to talk Alex out with the side hey, so what's
6: on your mind John um just I hear echo what's what's I hear like you're you're talking in the back and you're there you' uh, a problem time, with my
3: you mute mute the computer
6: ah, uh, wait a second. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just I'm just amazed, totally amazed about this guy. I mean, in the beginning of the season, I thought, well, um, was was that a fairy tale that he was supposed to be so good that he is right now? But now we have proof that he is. You know. He's
3: uh, right now. I think in the last what is it, seven, eight games, he's the best player in the league right now. The way he's been playing.
6: Yeah, man, I I can't I can't I don't know how to uh, mute my my phone because I'm I'm phoning you with my computer. And, uh... Okay, so we uh,
3: I, I can't really help you with that, but uh... no,
6: it's okay, it's okay. I, I can I can manage the conversation anyways. It's okay. Um, another thing. Oh, you know what? You know what I was thinking. Uh, I think it, it, it's almost like it's fixed that Kerry Price is gonna be back and, and the Montreal Canadiens pardon yeah we're here uh, yeah I think he's going to be back just because the Montreal Canadiens are going to make it like uh, in French the expression is I don't know how to translate that but just like barely make it play off and Carey's going to be back right then and what do you think about that what do you think
3: well, I think for sure Kerry Price will be back I think sooner than later. There was some reports that uh, he might even come back and play in one of the games this week, but Michel Terrier said that uh, that's not happening. But I think for sure he'll be back before the end of the, the regular season, but it's at this point it's too late for him to help them make the playoffs. It's it's practically yeah, yeah, impossible. Well, the
6: well the Terrier, Terrier said no no he won't be back. So I don't week. know. Yeah, no, 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 no. He said, he said not be- before the, the end of the season. So, but when's the end? When's the end? That's the question, you know.
3: Yeah, so I think he's gonna come back uh, sooner or later. He's gonna play a couple of games to see when what condition he's in, and for him to be ready for uh, for the World Cup coming in uh, in the oh, summer. Uh, yeah,
6: yeah, that's true. That's true. And uh, you know, um, my ba- my bet ba- for tonight, Gachi is gonna score another two goals. <laughs>
5: well,
6: wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah, I I read that it, it, it didn't happen since Brian Savage. That's a long time ago, you
3: know. Yeah, he's setting a lot of records, and even the last one was um, five multiple goal games in eight. And the last person who oh, did that uh, was Jean Beliveau in 1959. So that's a quite wow. the. Uh, that's long a long time, time ago. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks okay. Well, thank, for
6: thanks
3: call. for me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have and a good no problem, day. Thank you, and thank you for listening. Okay, bye 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 so 18774554945 is uh, the way to reach us and just i guess to make the conversation go easy mute your computer uh before you uh before you call us in and...
4: well then why in the world did you trade for John Scott in the first
1: place
7: well i, I don't make trade based <laughs> on the all-star game uh i uh, the timing uh That was the timing to make the trade uh, with John Scott. Uh, That has nothing to do with the Montreal Canadiens with the All-Star game. Uh, I made a trade that at the time I had to make that trade, so I have some reason that I can't really tell you why, but uh, if I could, you probably would understand.
3: So that was a one-on-one interview between Rick and Mark He's Rick was questioning (laughs) him there on that uh, trade. So now fast forward, Rick. Jared Tenori suspended 20 games for violating performance enhancing drugs. Um, I think that we know the answer now. uh, That if he maybe they didn't know the results, Bergerman knew something around uh, Tenori taking the uh, violating the performance enhancing substances, and I'm pretty sure I'm Obviously, I can't 100% guarantee it, right? Only Mark Preservain knows. But that really, I think, is what drove the trade uh, the way it was to Nordy for John Scott and Victor Bartley.
4: It's okay. The You know, the trade on, on its face was uh, the, the, the return that they got. And, and that's what we were talking about last week in that clip that you played. Return, Victor Bartley... Um, as as you mentioned a UFA at the end of the year and his his play has been awful john scott um you know i i it was when when we heard about it it was considered a joke the the Canadians were the laughing stock all that sort of thing he he hasn't even been uh, fighting all that much in and and protecting his teammates and in in saint John's we know we've heard that he's n- never going to be uh uh, get a uh, an NHL game with the Canadians and that was kind of reaffirmed when Mike Brown was brought on. So all of that and and those cryptic comments as John Liu described them um you know he he was wondering if they more applied to to um John Scott aspect um, but as you replayed them there you know I'm not sure that that's the case. The the fact that this is such a uh there are layers to it. That this is something that people don't makes people uncomfortable when they talk about it, that that gets gets into that cloud of credibility or lack of credibility. There's no way that the Canadians should have ever involved themselves in anything like this. Um, you know, Mark Bergevin has repeatedly said how difficult in the league it is to make a make a trade. It, Hasn't seemed so difficult for other GMs, but but Bergevin has. Let, let's grant him that it's difficult to make a trade. Do you think this whole situation? Number one, he didn't he didn't make the Canadians better in any way. But has this situation improved his ability to to, to trade with other GMs around the league? No, it's it's made it worse. There's how hard is it going to be now? No one's going to trust him. Um, you know, there's, there's the other aspect that some of this lies with the Coyotes because there was the report that the NHL advised them to wait until after the deadline um, to to finish the trade, and and they wanted to go ahead with it, so they bear some responsibility. But but let's as as we focus on the Canadians, look at the Canadians aspect, and there's no aspect that's good to this trade. I don't think
3: it, it made things worse. I don't think it made things better. I, I don't think it changed anything. Uh, I know uh, Dave Tippett said that they they didn't know the results. He actually said none of the organizations knew uh, of what the results are. When Mark Brejevin called Don Maloney and told them, I want to give you Jared Tenorti and uh, give me John Scott or what, however that conversation went, you'd think that Don Maloney was probably thinking to himself, like, wait a second, like, why do you want to give me Jared Tenorti and why do you want John Scott in return? So I'm sure it was some kind of conversations. I knew either Bergevin had an idea of what Tenorti was taking or he knew that uh, the Canadians just got tested and, like, you know what, we need to get rid of him. Something, like, there must have been a trigger. I don't think uh, when they say when something is too good to be true, it, it usually is. So if Don Maloney, I, I would expect him when this kind of thing to say, you know what, like what's up, like why are we doing this trade? And it it was known that at least the tests were 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 done and what to expect the results. To the point where even the NHL said that they were they were asked if they investigate this trade or if Arizona had the possibility of canceling it or voiding it or whatever the term is called, and they said that they. That they, that they won't. So I personally think that when it comes to Bergevin and his relationship with the other GMs, I think it, it wasn't changed. If Tenori would have been traded for uh, a, do- a Max Domi or a Duclair or a Michael Botker, then I'd say a different story because that's, he sort he, he would have screwed the other GM, or in this case, it was a one one favor for another favor.
4: But the coyotes don't get a favor back i mean the, the you know this this stain as as it as it's called um this problem is now handed to to the coyotes without them knowing if if what you're saying is true that that Bergevin had a even an inkling that that there was going to be a problem, he traded a major problem he made a major headache and and not only with that particular player. But but that gets attached to your your image, your 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 organizational um credibility. Um so I so
3: mean how much I, of a, I, so Rick, I still Rick, how much of a problem is Jared Sonori to, to the coyotes? This okay, he's not gonna he's missing twenty games, but after that he's back. Like obviously we don't know what that illegal sorry, not illegal, the, the banned substance is but after 20 games he's back and he could continue on his career. Like how bad is it for the coyotes?
4: But but doesn't this um shouldn't it have been the, the coyotes' decision that yes, we want to take this on. Yes, we want to deal with this as an organization or no, we don't. That should be their decision. Their whether that fits, whether their image in the community can absorb that hit or not. You know, it mm-hmm. it 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 the Canadians, their image is strong, right? Their image is really strong. Um, so they could absorb the Cassian hit, uh, even though it was well discussed and everything. The the coyotes are on, you know, what went through with Glendale Council and everything. There's not a lot of support there to begin with. And if now, um, you know, it's thrown in their face, well, you had someone that failed the drug... T- it's it's a different situation, and whether we uh, think that they could absorb it or not, it should have been their decision whether they wanted to um, accept that or not. But I'm I'm not so worried about about the coyotes. I'm more focused on on Bergevin's credibility and and his his phrase that he had to make the trade, and it, it, he did. I mean, he had other options. You know he could have traded Tom Gilbert, um, and he probably should have traded Tom Gilbert if he needed to make room um, on, on the defensive side. If he didn't want to trade Tom Gilbert, if you wanted to make this about Jared Tenorti, put him on waivers. If if he knew this was going to be a problem, then put him on waivers. And if somebody picks him up, well then, damaged goods, damaged goods. I mean, it's that's not a big deal. Or. If he uh, passed through waivers, I doubt that he would. But he would have went to St. John's, and this would have been a, a very different thing. And then you wouldn't have brought in the John Scott Circus and 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 all of the negative uh, um, uh, cr- uh, press that that came with with that. Um, he had other options. I just think, out of all the options he had, he he made the worst choice. Well, then, why in the world did you trade for John Scott in the first place?
7: Well, I, I don't make trade based on the All-Star game. <laughs> uh, I, uh, the timing, uh, that was the timing to make the trade uh, with John Scott. Uh, that has nothing to do with the Montreal Canadiens with the All-Star game. Uh, I made a trade that at the time I had to make that trade, so I have some reason that I can't really tell you why, but uh, if I could, you probably would understand
3: so Rick did a good job there, trying to get the answer out of Bergeron, but that didn't work. <laughs> and like uh, like John Lou said, will we ever know the answer to this question? Uh, probably not. But I do expect that at the uh, postmortem press conference, which I'm assuming will be the next time that we'll hear from uh, Mark Bergeron, at least a question will be asked, and then we'll see what kind of answer that uh, the Canadian's PR department is preparing from now until uh, until that uh, date. So let's go to our social media now for our, our questions when it comes all around to Al Gyalchanyak, which was the theme of uh today's episode. And well let's start off with the Twitter. We asked can Gelchanyak be stopped? And well we got a response from uh PNK eighty one. He writes only when Dagne comes back So Dagne seems to be uh the person who will who will stop him. And then in uh, we we asked a question on do we expect who who do you expect uh, no sorry the question was uh, the same one can Gachanak be stopped and Mike Vini he writes he's not under the radar anymore teams and goalies are going to start centering their game plans around him it will get harder and that's that's definitely the case I think it's already started with all these injuries where. That first line is the only one that has a full NHL-caliber roster on that. And the last tweet comes from Tim. In regards to can Kjelchenko be stopped, he writes, no, he can't now that he is a number one center, as he should be. And most of us had said from the start, shows coach empty should go. So thank you very much for the tweet, Tim. Rick,
4: any responses on the Facebook? Uh, can Galchenyuk be spawn, uh, stopped on Facebook? Um, it says only if Tarion misuses him, um, like other guys whose careers he's wrecked. That from Mark Dupuis. Um Gary Moran says they should trade uh, Didi, David D'Arnais, this summer. He's useless. Uh, Tony Benedict says only Tarion can stop him when DeeDee returns. <laughs> so that's and a theme. Graham Ho- <laughs> it seems to be a theme, yeah. Graham Hoke says, yes, he will be stopped at the end of the season. So in other words, no, he's going to continue this right through um, the remaining games of, uh, that the Canadians have. Very, very uh, uh, positive there.
3: Yeah, and one thing for sure, if you look at the Canadians' lineup tonight against the Minnesota Wilds, if you're watching this game, uh, PK Subban won't uh, be playing, so his Ironman streak will be coming to an end. But we're we're really glad that he's uh, he's okay following that incident against the Sabers on Thursday. But that means right now for the Canadians, the most exciting player that they have in the lineup is Alex Gal- Galchenyuk. So he's the one who'll be getting all the focus from uh, the opposing defensemen uh, in the upcoming future, and they probably should have been paying a lot of attention on them anyways uh, since the beginning of the season. Uh, Canadians, in the upcoming week, they're playing three games tonight against the Wilds, Tuesday night against the Panthers, and then Wednesday the Canadians will go back to Buffalo to face the uh, Buffalo Sabres.
4: Rick, thank you very much. A great week as always. My goodness, the show went by fast this week. It, it
3: did. There's always lots of news we, we didn't get uh, through all of them, but don't worry, you can still stay updated by visiting allhabs.net on their website, Twitter, Facebook, and as well follow Habs360 uh, Twitter line as well. Thank you very much to John Lou from TSN Montreal who will join us watch him on the Sports Center on a daily basis. Thank you everybody for their tweets. Thank you everybody for listening. And I think next week... Prediction, we'll be talking about the carry price return. See you next week.
2: For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.